Good morning. I think I'm late. That's the reason Steve was blowing the horn. So, how many of y'all enjoyed the service last Sunday? You can blow your horn if you did. Good deal. I believe when we got through looking at everything, we uh, we counted around 100 cars that were there. And so, that was really good. We didn't count the number of people just because we didn't want to get that close to the cars. But we did uh, do appreciate everyone coming out and being a part of that last week. Uh, we had some folks say the next time we do this, and to be honest with you, I, I really hope there's a next time because we want to do it, not because we have to do it. So if you have your Bibles this morning and you want to turn with us, uh, we'll be in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verses 38 through 47. Again, that's 1 Samuel chapter 17, verses 38 through 47. We, Chris and I and some others talked and debated last night on how we was going to do the service today. They had rain in the forecast all the way up until noon or 1 o'clock this afternoon. We woke up this morning, all the rain was gone out of the forecast, and then 30 minutes later they put it that it was raining here, and nothing after that. We got a decent shower, and then it quit, and now the Lord has blessed us with sunshine. So I am thrilled over that, except for the fact that my bald spot will get very hot, and so we are going to... Steve was gracious enough to lend us some of his sunscreen to put on the top of my head. So, if you have your Bibles turned or your phones or your tablets to 1 Samuel, shake your cowbell, blow your horn, or say amen, we'll know you're there. All right. There we go. I like Donna's cowbell. She's going to have to bring that when we get through, get back in the building. 1 Samuel 17, 38-47. And Saul armed David with his armor, and he put on a helmet of brass upon his head. Also, he armed him with a coat of mail. And David girded the sword upon the armor and swayed to go. Now, I didn't know what that assuade was. We don't use that word down south, but I looked it up, and what he said in the southern language was he was a fixing to go. He was fixing to walk on. And David said he had not provided for it. And David said to Saul, I can't go with these, for I have not proven them. And David put them off and took his staff in his hand and chose him five smooth stones out of the brook and put them on the shepherd's bag, which he had even as a script, and his sling in his hand. And he drew near the Philistine. And the Philistine came on and drew near unto David, and the man that bare the shield, bare, bare the shield went before him. And when the Philistine looked about and saw David, he disattained him. And he was but a youth, a ruddy and fair countenance, and the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog, that thou comest to me with staves? 
And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. And the Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give thy flesh unto the fowls of the air and to the beasts of the field. Then David said to the Philistine, Thou comest to me with a sword and a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel, whom hast thou hast defied. This day will the Lord deliver thee into mine hand, and I will smite thee, and I will take thy head from thee, and I will give thy carcass to the host of the Philistines this day unto the fowls of the air and the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel. And all this assembly shall know that the Lord saveth not with a sword and spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hands. Let us pray. Father, this morning we thank you for your willingness to fight our battles. Father, we thank you for the victory that you've already established through the blood of your son Jesus on the cross, on the cross of Calvary. And Lord, we thank you today that you have allowed us to be able to do church in different ways. Father, there are ways that we're doing church today that people would have thought five, five months ago we'd be crazy if we even asked or thought about doing it this way. But you have provided the resources, the strength, the knowledge, the understanding, and the technology to share your gospel to the lost and dying world in many, many different ways. So, Lord, we thank you for that today. We thank you for your word that we have, that we can dig deep into it and find the promises that you have for us. And everything that we have today is from you, through you, and back for you, Lord. So, Father, we thank you for those that have come out this morning, those that are here, those that have been coming, Lord. And, Father, we ask today that you would bless them and watch over them, Father. And Lord, we pray all this in your Son's holy name. And all God's children said, Amen. Today, as we look around our world, we, we see a lot of things that look like a giant to us. Then they look like that we cannot defeat them. They look like that they've got us in their power and in their grasp, and there's nothing we can do about it. The world today is telling us if we want to be, get along and we want to survive the, what's happening, we need to act like others act. We need to believe like others believe. We need to have what others have. And if we don't, then we are narrow-minded, short-sighted, and uncom uncompassionate toward the needs of the world and others. And we see here today that David didn't need the world's armor. He just needed God's. Today we're going to look at two people in the story and God's word on how they used what was their own to be able to win others. They used what they had. They followed God's plan and they won the battle for many. One applied what he had to the battle and the other applied what they had to their life. But both won many for the Lord. 
The first one we want to look at is David. David is Jesse's baby boy. The youngest of the brothers and even the smallest of all of them. And he has been donned, the, he has been donned with the king's battle armor. An armor that was meant to protect and guard the body during a battle. And as the armor was draped over the body of David, preparing him to fight Goliath, and he slung the sword over the military clothes, he was unable to walk. David said, I can't walk in these. I'm not used to them. So David took them off. Church, today there are many, many of God's people that have taken on the world's armor and we've placed it upon ourselves. An armor that does not belong to us. An armor that is not made for us. An armor that is not fitted to our bodies and our lives. An armor that will weigh us down. An armor that will take us away from the will of God and put dependency on it. And David said, I can't walk in these. Now there's a lot of people this morning that are having trouble walking in the world's armor. There's a lot of churches that have said, I can't meet because I have restrictions placed upon me by man. And I'm not saying that we defy any government mandates or anything that would compromise anybody's health or safety or welfare. But there are different ways that we can worship the Lord. And we find here in the second story we talk about that Christ will tell us this. But the world today is telling the church, you can't meet because you're not essential. Well, let me tell you something. David was sent out to battle, and they said, you can't go out like you are because you're unessential without the world's armor. But David said, I want to tell you about an armor that's more essential than anything that I've ever had in my life, and that's the armor of the Lord. That's His protection. That's His strength. That's His blood that's been applied to my life, and it covers me. David, who had defended his father's flocks, used the strength of the Lord. And he used the weapons that the Lord had gave him. And he used the knowledge that the Lord had gave him. And he didn't take the world's advice, the world's direction, or the world's equipment. No, he used what the Lord had given him, and he was victorious with it. We see that the that David couldn't even walk. And the world and sometimes even religious organizations place upon us so many rules, regulations, and guidelines, restrictions, and sometimes even limits that are so cumbersome, bulky, and heavy for us to carry. They're restricting and they're bearing us down in such a heavy weight that we can't walk in them. It's time the children of God take off the armor of the world and place on the full armor of God. The world and religion will always weigh you down. But God said, and the words are recorded in the book of Matthew. Matthew 11, 28-30. Jesus says, Come unto me, all ye that are labor, and all ye that are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Jesus didn't say go learn from the world. He said learn from me. 
For I am meek and lowly of heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Church, today the world has bearing down such a weight on us that we are hardly able to get up and walk if we carry the weight of the world. But when we place it on Christ and we yoke with Him and we are buckled up next to Him, we don't have to carry that weight. Jesus carried the weight for us when He went to the cross. And therefore our weight has been given to Him and now we have an easy journey. And you say, well, I don't know about easy. I face struggles and trials. Yes, we all do. But we don't have to face them alone. We have a hope that we have someone that will face those battles with us every day. And that hope and that person is Jesus Christ. In these times we are living, many of God's children are laboring under a heavy burden because they sought the will of the Lord and not the will of God. And they're looking for a rest like they've never had. Church, today the world wants us to be burdened completely down to where we're, we're stifled and we can't raise a hallelujah. I love that song, raise a hallelujah. When the storm's raising, raise a hallelujah. I love the doxology that we used to sing years ago. And it says, praise Him, praise Him. Church, today we need to start doing more praising of God and less worrying over the world. When David took off the armor of the world and he picked up the armor of God to fight the biggest battle of his life, he walked out lighter than he had ever walked before. Today, church, we need to take off the world's armors. We need to stop following their advice. We need to stop looking at their direction. We need to quit listening to who they believe we need to follow. And we need to pick up our Bibles and dig down deep into God's Word to have the wisdom to fight today's battles. Those are the biggest battles that we've ever faced. It's what we're facing right now. I never thought in my lifetime I would face what I have seen in the last month. <clears throat> I've never thought in my lifetime in the United States of America we would be limited on how many people can walk through a store. And we would be limited at what we can buy and when we can buy it. But it's happened. But church, I want to tell you this morning, there is an ever-flowing supply of grace, love, mercy, and salvation that's coming from our Heavenly Father that we'll never have to worry about what the limits are or how little we can get or if it'll run out because it is a never-ending source that flows from the throne of God. And we don't have to be limited when we come to the love that God has. So David told the Saul, I can't use your armor. I'm not used to it. Church, I want to say today, we have gotten so used to the world's armor that we feel like more comfortable in it than we are in God's arm. Now, I don't know about you, but I know when I have my grandbabies, my little ones, and I get to pick them up and I get to hold them in my arms. 
I feel I feel secure that I've got them. I feel like they know that they're loved. Especially when they're tiny and they, they haven't learned to talk and say, I want everything in the world, no matter what it costs. But when they're small and they, they can get on you and I and I take them and I lay them on my shoulder and I and I begin to pat them and I and, and I rock them and they go to sleep. They know that they are safe and they're secure because Papa's got a hold of them. Well, church, I want to tell you today, when I have a trial in my life, when I have a burden in my life, when I need love and support, and I can go to the Father in prayer, and I can get in His Word and start reading His guidance for me, and He wraps those arms around me, I have a peace like I've never had. I have a joy like I've never had. And I have love like I've never experienced because it comes from an everlasting, ever-living, ever-loving God. So David said, I'm not used to wearing that armor. I'm not used to having that on me. But I am used to being protected by the Heavenly Father and Him alone. We won't read the entire Scripture, but in John chapter 4, We see the second person in our story today. We see the second person that we want to talk about this morning. Just as David used his own story, his own experience, and his own life to go fight the battles. Because he fought them with the power of God. Jesus and his disciples were traveling through. And Jesus took his disciples straight through the heart of Samaria. This was a direction that Jews did not travel. They did not go. It was a place that was thought of as unclean, of an unworthy people. The church despised them. But through the eyes of God, we see a God's Son, we see in John chapter 4, verses 28 through 30, an entirely different story. Now, John chapter 4, we see the story of Jesus and the woman at the well. But in verses 28 through 30, Jesus has talked to her and he has asked her for a drink of water and she's laughed at him. Church, today I want you to know that when Jesus asks us for something, he is not asking because he thinks that he cannot do it. He might be able to do it. He's asking because he knows he's able to provide for us. And the world will look at what the church says that there is for them and they'll laugh just like the woman at the well. She said, you don't have a bucket. How can you draw water? Well, when we see Jesus Christ and him crucified and you say he died, he was weak, he let them beat him, he let them... He allowed them to hang him on a cross and he allowed them to place him in a grave. Then he was not strong. Well, I want to tell you, our Lord and Savior gave up his life completely for you and for I. When Jesus cried, it is finished, he was not talking about himself. He was talking about the defeat of the devil when he said it is finished. Church, today Jesus defeated the devil on the cross and you can defeat him every day, but you have to use your own story to be able to do it. 
And as Jesus talked to the woman at the well, he said, I would have offered you a drink of living water that you would never thirst again. And she said, all right, give me a drink of this water. And Jesus told her, he said, look, go get your husband and come back. I want to talk to both of you. And she said, I don't have a husband. And Jesus said, you've replied right. You've had five husbands and the one you're with now is not yours. And she was so astonished and so amazed. And she knew at that point that the prophet of God, the son of God, the Messiah that had been told about had come to her town. And she was ready to go. She was ready to accept. And so verses 28 through 30 says, The woman left her water pot and went on her way to the city and said to the man, Come. Come see a man who's told me all things that I ever did. Is it not the Christ? Then they went out of the city and they came unto them. Now here is a woman, unwanted by the world, despised and rejected. Do any of you feel that way today, that you're unwanted, that you're being despised and you're being rejected? We are not alone. Numerous times in the Bible, those that were looked upon as the least, God thought the most of. Here's a woman that was not allowed to go with the rest of the ladies early in the morning to draw water when it was cool. No, she was rejected and had to go during the hottest part of the day. And that caused her already heavy burden to become even heavier. I don't know about y'all, but I know when it starts to get hot weather and I start to be outdoors, it gets harder on me. Folks from my side of the lineage of my family that are of a larger nature than most people, it is not a good thing for us to get out and get hot. I tried exercising once and I started smelling bacon cooking and I got hungry and I had to go eat. So it is not an easy thing to go out with a heavy burden and then get hot and get labored down on even harder than what you already had it. The world today will tell us that we as God's children are supposed to carry everything around and we are not supposed to be joyful and happy. And the church has turned its back on those that need Him the most. They have rejected those to the very point that they are going to say that God's Son did not love them. That what they have done in their past, God cannot forgive. Well, I want to tell you that's not true. And if anybody has ever made you feel that way, if anybody has ever told you that, let me apologize from the kingdom's church because God's Son died for all. And He chose to be a part of your life because He went to the cross for you. This woman that came to see Jesus, she was rejected. The world told her she was worthless and she was useless. Historians of this time period said that a woman of her stature and her nature were not allowed to shop in the markets till everybody else 
had done gone through. And when she got to go through, she got the very least of what was there. She got the product, the fruit and vegetables that were bruised and damaged and about to spoil. She got the bread that nobody else wanted. She got the leftovers of everything that there was. And she thought that her life was only that. It was only to be damaged goods. And it was only to be that that nobody else wanted. And it was to be only what nobody else would have. And she had thought that was her value of her life. But then along came Jesus and He said, Let me tell you, I want to offer you a living water that you'll never thirst again. I'm not talking about a second-hand flow. I'm talking about a straight-from-the-source flow that will love you like you've never been loved. That will forgive you of everything that you've ever done in your life. This causes you to thirst no more. He told her, Look, I'm offering you an opportunity to worship the Lord. Free, without any restrictions. Free, without any burdens. Free, without any cumbersome load to be placed upon you. And the woman looked at him and said, Your people say that we can only worship God in the temple. My people say we can only worship God on the mountain. A few weeks ago, people thought the only place you could worship God was sitting inside a building on, on cushioned pews or chairs with heat and air to your liking, a volume of the music set to where it pleased you, and the song, the very songs that you wanted to play were always played. And if they weren't, you were going to complain about all of that and tell everybody how bad it was. And God has shown us in the last month that we can take His kingdom out of the church building and take it out to the world and share it with a lost and dying world and we don't have to worship Him in a building. We don't have to worship Him in one place. We can worship Him wherever we're at all day long. Did you ever think that you would go to an Easter Sunday service in a parking lot and watch a group of people under tents in the rain share the gospel of Jesus Christ. That was not in a temple. That was not on the mountainside. That was in a parking lot in Baxter Springs, Kansas. Church today, if we will tell our own story to the world, we can spread the gospel wherever we're at. You can share the gospel in a grocery store. You can share the gospel sitting on a fishing bank. You can share the gospel while you're at work. You can share the gospel at a ball game. You can share the gospel anytime, anywhere, any place. Because God's Son told us here in the book of John, the fourth chapter, that there is coming a day when you can worship God freely wherever you're at. So the woman went and she left that heavy water pot. She went off and left that water pot. That water pot that was supposed to give life-giving water. She went off and left it. That armor that David was supposed to wear that was supposed to protect him in the battle. He went off and he left it. 
And he went on to tell Saul, and he went on to tell the Philistines, and he went on to tell the world that the Messiah, God's Son, God's love, God's protection was with him. And the woman at the well, she left that well, and she ran back into town and said, The Messiah has come to me. You need to come see this man. David took off the armor of the earthly king. And the woman left her heavy earthly burden when she met the king. David went before his adversary with words that came from him. They came at him like a dagger and a spear and even an army. But he came with the word of the Lord. The woman at the well went to her accusers. The words that they had spoken that cut like a two-sided sword. The glances that hurt like a dagger in her heart. And the rejection she felt as a burden on her life. She forgot all of that and she went and told them the words of the Lord. David said before the whole assembly that they would know that it wasn't by any man-made weapon that there came a saving power of the Lord. And she said that there is a Lord at the well who's told me everything I've done and no man can accuse me anymore and carry my burdens on my back for me because this man has forgiven me of those sins. David said the battle is his, the Lord's. And she said this man will fight the battles for us. David said his hand will be over the hand of the enemy. And she said, His hand will deliver us from the enemy. David used his story to win the battle. And she used her story to win the lost. David used his own belief to overcome. And she used her own story to overcome others. And our story is this today. 2 Corinthians 5.21 says, for our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin. So that in him we might be overcome. We might become the righteous of the Lord. Our own story is the most powerful story we can ever tell. Especially when we don't have the words to use it and we have to live it. David knew that he was on the Lord's side. And he went out and he showed the world by trusting in the Lord, doing what God had given him to do with. He gained victory. And she used her own story to be able to go to those that accused her and share love with them and show them a grace and a mercy that they did not show her. But she went and showed that love to the entire city and said, Come see this man. Come find the one that loves you like nobody ever can. Come be with him. David and the woman at the well, they used their own story. Church, I want to tell you this morning that the world is looking for answers and the last thing they need is to have more heavy weights placed upon them. when we are able to join together and worship corporately side by side 
and we're standing together holding our arms up and praising the Lord again inside buildings or wherever we're at. The world is not going to look for answers that require them to carry a bunch of heavy weights around. The world is going to be looking for an answer that only God can provide for them. I want the world to know that when this coronavirus is cured and everything has been taken back over by, by God's grace, that it was not anything made by man, but it was things that God gave us that we have made it through. I don't care what any governor or any mayor says, that it is not what man does that has caused it, but it's what God done that has caused it all. Let us tell our own story to lighten the load of those that hear it. Church, today we need to use our own story to share how God has won victory through His Son Jesus Christ in our lives. We need to preach that gospel every day to a lost and dying world. And I love the old saying that sometimes when you preach, you may have to use words. Church, I want our actions and our lifestyles and our reactions to be that of a Savior that would meet a woman at the well and show her grace. I want our actions to be that when our neighbors are fighting a battle, that we'll come along beside them and we'll love them through it and we'll fight with them, but we'll fight on our knees and we'll fight with the Word of God to give them hope and to show them a way out. Not a condemning way, not a despairing, discouraging way, but a loving way that accepts them into the kingdom of God. Today I ask you this. Do you have your own story? Do you have your own story to tell? Do you have your own story of deliverance? Do you have your own story of a healing? Do you have your own story of a victory that has come over in your life? And most importantly, do you have your own story of salvation? And I ask you today, whatever you do, don't leave here today without having your own story. Because we saw the story that David told was the story that David lived. And we saw the story that the woman at the well told was of the life she used to live. Today I ask you, what is your story? And do you have your own story? This morning as we began to get ready, and it, it, it is so hard to stand up here and not say that bow your heads and your eyes closed and the praise team come. I've saw churches that pastors are standing in pulpits and there's empty pews. And I've seen where some of the church members have brought pictures and they've placed them on the pews so it would look like somebody was there. And I've seen churches that have filled up 
their pews with puppets and everything else to make it appear that there's somebody there besides the pastor. Unable to reach out and to put arms around people. Unable to kneel down beside them in prayer. But there's still a God that can reach through all the restrictions that's placed on this world and there's still a God that can reach through all the barriers that's been placed and wrap His loving arms around you this morning. There's still a presence called God's Holy Spirit that can dwell in your heart and in your life to give you a story like no the world has never heard. Many of us sitting here this morning have a story that we could tell. And so I encourage you this week to tell your story. I encourage you this week to share your own experience with a lost and dying world. And you say, well, how do we do that? You pick up the phone and you call somebody and you tell them, hey, I know you're hurting right now, but let me tell you about the love that my God offers. You pick up the phone and you send a text message just saying, hey, I want you to know that the battle's already been won and God's Son fought it for you. Pick up your phone, open your computer, and make a post on Facebook that tells the world that you're not ashamed to be called a child of the King. Share with the world what God has done in your life. Let's take off the restrictions and the binders and the the burdens that we say that have to come with it. And let's just say this, God's Son will set you free. And if you are set free by God, you're free indeed. There is no burdens. There are no sacrificial lambs other than the Lamb of God. You don't have to do anything but accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. And if you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior and you believe in Him, you bring Him into your heart and into your life and you stay digging down deep into God's Word, you won't have time for those other things that come at you. You won't be there to be able to want to be somewhere else. You'll want to be with the presence of God. David didn't want to fight with Saul's armor. He wanted to fight with God. And Nick, I hate to spoil it for you, but we win. We win. The lady, the woman at the well, she was tired of living the life. And when Christ offered her a better way, she took it and she received it. And she couldn't wait to go tell others how her story was and how it ended, and the new life began. So this morning, I encourage you. I encourage you to tell your own story to your family, to your friends, to your co-workers, to the lost and dying world. I encourage you to share your own story with someone that doesn't have their story. You say, well, I, I don't know. I don't know how to tell. Just tell them what happened.
just tell them what happened. That I was a sinner, lost and dying and bound for hell. But I confessed my sins. I gave my heart and life to Jesus. And he accepted me and forgave me. And now I'm saved and on my way to heaven. Tell your story. This morning as we get ready to close and we get ready to pray. If you need prayer this morning and you need someone to pray for you, just just turn your flashers on. Just turn your flashers on and we'll know that you need prayer. And there's no shame in it. There's nobody going to judge. There's no guilt in it. You just need prayer. David needed prayer. The woman at the well needed prayer. Even Christ himself went off and stole away and prayed. Father, this morning we thank you for your grace that you bestowed upon us. Lord, I thank you for the stories that I've been able to hear. Father, I remember as a young child, I I would sit in Sunday school classes, vacation Bible school classes, and Lord, even church, and listen to your saints stand up and tell their story. Tell the story of how they were lost and bound for hell and you saved them and brought them out. Father, tell their own stories of how they were sick and afflicted and you healed their bodies and you restored unto them life. Father, stories of marriages that were falling apart and you restored them and brought them back together. Stories, Father, of people that needed a friend and you sent them a friend. Stories of those that were lonely and you you became their, their helpmate and their companion. So Father, today I encourage each one that's here this week to go out and tell their own story. Lord, lay down the story that the world wants us to tell and pick up the story that you gave us to tell. Father, without your story in our heart and our life, Lord, we have no peace or joy. We have no comfort. But Father, when we have your story guiding our hearts and our lives, Father, we are restored back to that original garden relationship. Father, as we stand here this morning and we, we hear the birds behind us that are chirping and singing, what a story we can tell our our children, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren, and our families. About that time when we had to change church and do things differently. But it's our story. And you've allowed us to have the privilege to share that story. Father, I thank you for that. Again, Lord, I encourage each one as they leave today to, Father, share their story ever how they can, ever where they can, and with whoever they can. Lord, let them share that story. Father, we thank you today for your grace, your mercy, and your love. And all God's children said, Amen.